Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Benny and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we're here, as always, to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. New day, same show. Thank you for joining us. Our first Wednesday release as we go to one day a week from the normal two-day-a-week. Again, we bring you a better, more informative show, especially with uh, so much... Uh, let's just say inconsistency in the schedules as of late for some of the major sports. Uh, on today's show, we have uh, news out of Jacksonville. Some uh, <laughs> quite an eventful few days they've had down there. Uh, a couple of big contracts got signed in the NFL. A couple of guys got paid. But first, trade deadline came and went. I was, um, to say I was off on a lot of my predictions would be an understatement. I don't think I got one correct, but I'll own it because as I've said, I'm not an insider. I just take the information at hand and make the best possible uh, guess, you could say, for lack of a better word. So, didn't do great, but I took a shot and I'm going to keep doing that because, well, (laughs) I pushed the record button on this show, so that's how it goes. That's fair. Um, Padres, though. Padres got a lot of things right. They all were the, in. they were all in. They are the stars of the deadline by far. Acquired eight players. Eight players. Like they, they totally almost restructured their bullpen. They got a new guy in, in their rotation who could, talked about him last episode. I didn't have him going here, but we did talk about him. Could be an ace under the right tutelage. Guys got good stuff. Picked up a couple nice bats also. So, what do you think of the Padres' deadline moves? It is a bold move. And I like the supplementary pieces they got to supplant in their offense. You know, Mitch Moreland, is he going to tear the cover off the ball? No, but he's a nice piece. Jason Castro, a nice piece. Greg Allen, a nice fourth the outfielder we're not looking they're not looking to go get blockbuster position players clearly but they did go get a big pitching arm in the bullpen and in the step pitching staff this is a team that said we're making a move right now because we feel like the the moment is right this is their opportunity and they're going to strike it's a bold move yeah, a couple of bull moves. I mean, they needed to address their problem at catcher, and they got Jason Castro and Austin Nola. And like you said, neither one of those guys is going to, on their own, light the world on fire, although Austin Nola is having a really nice season so far. I unfortunately know that firsthand, having him on one of my fantasy teams. That's an AL-only league, so I had to release him and let him go. So that was not a great moment. But, I mean, Nola can also play several positions. He can be kind of a utility guy. He's got a pretty good bat, at least this year. You know, I mean, you got two guys in there who can kind of platoon at the catcher role, also play in other positions. You got Moreland for the DH. Like you said, Moreland's not going to hit you 300 and be an MVP candidate. That's not what they brought him in for. They have Fernando Tatis Jr. They have um, the other kid, the third base, Manny Machado. I don't know why I always forget his name. One of the best players in the game. I always forget him. I don't know what it is. And, uh, I mean, 
those are their stars. Those are the guys they're building around. And they got building blocks to put around them. Trevor Rosenthal, Mike Clevenger, you know, one in the pen, one in the rotation, two really, really good arms. I mean, Padres fans got to be sitting there going, where's this been the last couple of years? Well, it's, it's an opportunity right now to, to, to hit the, hit the, I don't want to say the reset button, but to hit the opportunity of making the, not only making the playoffs, but pushing the Dodgers out of the way and clearly going for the juggler of winning the championship. And it's a unique year because they have the DH. So they've acquired, as you said, a DH. And Nola could probably DH if he needs to. Castro, probably not. But you have many options. And I just I just think these are nice pieces to where they can fit into the roster and make them this – is, this is not a team going from pretender to, pretender to contender. They were clearly already a contender by with their record uh, stance. Right, right. This is a team pushing from contender to the favorite. I don't know if I would still call them a favorite with the moves they made in, in the whole league. Um, but, I mean, they definitely, they definitely helped their case. You're right. They weren't pretenders before, but they definitely jumped from – contender with potential to oh boy Padres are for real they're the real deal they're not messing around is there any other deal that um, off the top of your head that you can remember that really clicks with you that makes sense or was interesting uh, the only thing that that I thought was interesting was there were a lot of reports that the Yankees were looking at Lance Lynn. Okay. Uh, that obviously didn't happen, but I had I had predicted that last episode. Unfortunately, that would have been a big one in my a check in my column, but it didn't happen. But I guess the Rangers were essentially asking for like the GDP of a small nation to pry Lance Lynn away from them, um, which is just ridiculous. I mean, this is a guy that has not been this good his entire career. Who's getting up there a little bit. He's been around for a while. And he's had some inconsistency. And you got him probably pitching the best he's ever pitched. One of the best pitchers in the league so far this year. I know it's a shortened season and everything. But look, it is what it is. The numbers are still the numbers. And they had a chance to get something for him. Knowing they're not going to be contenders. And they let that slip. So... Um, another one I heard was uh, Rugden Ordor going to Boston for Nathan Eovaldi. Uh But that fell through because the Red Sox wanted the Rangers to take on too much of Eovaldi's contract. So that one never happened, but that would have been... Interesting. Yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in Eovaldi. Uh, I, I don't think Rugden Odor is in the best environment for him down in Arlington, down there with the Rangers. Maybe a change of scenery to a city like Boston would help him. Maybe not. Who knows? But I would have been up for it. I wouldn't mind seeing that swap. But um, as far as trades, it actually went down, uh, which is what you asked me, and then I sidebarred for four minutes. Um, I can't really think of anything. Nothing nothing big. 
Like there were, I mean, there was a lot of you know players on the move here and there, but nothing, nothing I saw, and I was like, Phew, that's a game changer. It was a lot of moves like the like the Padres did. To be honest with you, a lot of moves you're going to look back on after this year's World Series and go, yeah, that was key. Oh, with the exception of the um, Clevenger acquisition, all the rest of the pieces were kind of small little additions. And even Trevor Rosenthal, I guess you could say, is is middle of the road, but. Oh, I thought you were asking me about trades beyond the Padres. I know you meant meant. Oh this yeah, too. yeah. Oh yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. Oh, that's um, obviously Clevenger was a was a pretty big deal because Cleveland Cleveland was pretty big on him. They were, and then obviously a little, probably a little salty after what happened this year with the um, incident with him and um, Plesac. But well, interesting. You note that they told Plesac last week they had no spot for him in the rotation, and there was rumors <laughs> rumors. Anywhere you looked, that police act was going to be on. They were going to ship him out. He was on the move. Clevenger was staying. They brought Clevenger back up to the pros, back up to the big club, and then traded him. And police act is pitching for him as we speak. Back oh, back so in the they, rotation. Oh, they brought him up. They brought okay. him back up. So it's like this. The GM himself actually admitted he told police act, "We don't have a place for you in the, in the majors right now." After the guy had essentially team leading, I think whip and ERA, Shane Bieber is leading in strikeouts by by a mile at that point when when the whole police sack and uh, Clevenger thing went down in Chicago. But I mean, this is a guy who was really contributing to the team, and they put him in the minors, and they're like, "Oh, we don't have a place for you." And then three days later, they trade Clevenger and they bring him back up. It's like you never ever in sports with this much money on the line and. Meeting to be keep things secret for for out contract reasons and things of that nature, you don't ever take anything at face value, ever. No, no. ever. So so I'm I'm intrigued by one one move. I'm not sure where they're going with it. Uh, acquiring Starley Marte, the oh the Marlins, Marlins. yeah, yeah. Uh, for Caleb Smith, Humberto Mejia, and a player to be named, and I guess cash traded between other teams. And another players, it, it's it essentially is a three team trade. That was I'm interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering what the star what, what the Stelian Marte acquisition does for them. He's not young. He's not old. He's kind of in between. He has. Well, I mean, if he's past thirty, you want him in a walker. That is true. And I mean, I guess that's why I'm trying to. I'm trying to I guess going to Florida is the right place for him. Then, well, maybe it is. I it just it seemed odd. It seemed because they they traded Jonathan VR and then they acquired Starling Marte. It seemed like you don't know what you want to do. And honestly, I don't know what the Marlins know what they want to do. To be honest, it just it just seemed odd. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you have to question a lot of times if the Marlins actually. I'm sure they have a plan, but. We'll see. Neither one of those moves really seems like franchise destiny changers, and it did just seemed like I, I don't I don't know. Um, not, is it not a good move? Not a bad move. I mean, it was a move. It's just like I don't really kind of a head scratcher. Yeah. Um, one I forgot about was uh, Tajon Walker going to the Blue Jays. I think we covered that last episode. Taiwan Walker. Is that Tajon? Okay, Taiwan Walker. Um. So, however, you it's a, there's a J in there. How's how do you not pronounce the J? It's, it's, it's silent. 
just si- all right silent jay where's bob um anyways even though it's jay and silent bob but i will yeah I will well that didn't work out in the context of how i was I'm trying sorry, to say it I'm so sorry. i mean you got it you got to run with me here dude it's called improv i, I had to correct you though it's called That's improv all, all right i understand anyways uh they also acquired robbie ray from the diamondbacks yes not a massive move but a team that kind of had some struggles with starting pitching it's a good arm, though. Good arm. And like I said, you got the Blue Jays are a team that have the young players to contend and think they can make a push and want to acquire, wanted to acquire, year. yeah, wanted to acquire, you know, some young arms to get in there. And those guys aren't going to be expensive. They got potential. Probably didn't cost them a lot to get. So not a massive, like I said, not a franchise destiny making maneuver. They didn't like acquire Mike Trout or anything. But. Acquire two good arms with a lot of potential for, I'd assume, a pretty cheap price. So, good moves yeah, on them. Good moves it, on them. It's it's definitely good because uh, they're middle of the pack right now this year with everything going on. Right. We don't see Boston or Baltimore making any headway next year, correct? I mean, uh, unless, yeah. unless you have some blockbuster move by Boston, but I still think they're going to be on that fire sale kind of deal and trying to – get rid of some money and then go after the correct free agents. We know New York's going to be New York and Tampa Bay can be hit or miss each year. So I'm going to tell you what about Boston, the progress of Chris sale will be directly tied to what the Red Sox do next year. Okay. I'll agree with that. Because if he comes out and he looks great and his shoulders, a hundred percent healthy, no problem. He's throwing the fastball again. He's got all his pitches working. He's, he can go out there and go seven, eight innings then this is a team that can go, okay, well, we got some pitchers on the market. We can get some pitching. We can get some bullpen help, get some pieces in on offense, try to do it like we did in 04, 03, 04, 05, those, those years in there where we had really good starting pitching. Two could go four or five, six innings. And I know that sounds crazy in this day and age to say good starting pitching is six innings, but that we're in, this is the game we, we watch. So it's the time we're in. But you can get that, get some good pen arms, some good role players on offense. You already got Devers and Bogarts. Those are your two guys to build around. And you might be able to make something of a respectable run next year. They're not going to win the World Series. They're probably not going to make the playoffs next season. Definitely not this year, but next season. <clears throat> but if Chris Sale has setback after setback, the fact they even brought up the the, fa- uh, the uh, possibility of trading Nathan Evaldi already shows you they've already soured on that contract, which I don't know how they didn't sour on it before they did it, but that's a different story. They moved majority of their one-year contracts. They're, you know, they're, they're Mitch Morlins, Kevin Pillar. They moved those guys. Uh, I am surprised that uh, Vasquez wasn't moved, although I like Vasquez, so I'm not, I'm not upset about it. But you but, heard why he didn't go, right? No. They were asked, so Tampa Bay was the connection, and they were asking apparently way too much. I didn't see what, but apparently they were trying to really please the team. Try, uh, essentially, what who did you bring up earlier? Uh, what team would you bring up? Oh, uh, Texas. Well, yeah, with Texas Lance Lane. Yeah. Right. Like, they were just asking too much for, uh, understandably, a very good catcher with still some upside and can handle a pitching staff. Mm-hmm. At this point, I say you just keep them. 
yeah, I mean, you may as well. <laughs> but uh, flip side of what I said, Sale comes out and struggles. And or doesn't it, start at or all. Or doesn't start at all. What I mean, I'm talking. I'm, I'm talking struggle before the season even starts. I'm talking if there's setbacks in recovery. If he's if we're two months away from spring training and he still can't pick up a baseball and, and, and throw it with any kind of velocity, he's not ready for opening day. That's for sure. Uh, the reality of it is, is you don't know what you're going to get. Some guys have Tommy John, and they come back, and they are a shadow of themselves. Other guys come back, and they're five times the pitcher they were before they went out and got it. So you never know. If he can't be the Chris Sale of old, then you're going to see exactly what you said, which is going to be a fire sale over this year, maybe even next, or next year and a year after that, excuse me. And this team is going to be completely, by 2023, this will be a absolutely different franchise. Yeah, so. I agree. Especially if we come into November, uh, middle December, and it doesn't seem like Chris Sale is going to even be ready for right. spring training. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of one-year deals to players that maybe can't find homes, especially with what's going on with COVID and, and the potential for less attendance and, again, less dollars. You could see some sweetheart deals for one-year players, and then all of a sudden trade deadline comes, boom. They're traded away for more talent. I'm just stunned. And maybe this is just me, but I'm stunned Jackie Bradley Jr. did not move. I've been saying that for three trade deadlines now. So I, I <laughs> they should just sign him to a lifetime contract in the offseason. I got nothing against Jackie Bradley Jr. It, quite the opposite, actually. I think he's I think he's a very underrated um in the field. He's a very underrated in the field. That was great. He's very underrated in the field. Offensively, he had one really, really good year. After that, he's been pretty mediocre. But he's a really, really solid player for a role player, a guy you can throw in once or twice a week. They could have gotten something for him again. Now they could have three years ago, but they could have gotten something for him. And instead, hang on to him, let him walk away, get nothing for him, because... They're not re-signing him to a big-time contract. No. There's no way they can afford to do that with, with everything they're trying to cut. Makes no sense. Which means they'll probably do it the way they've been going. But He would have made sense on a team. I'll give you an example. A team that just went all in. The San Diego Padres. Who I think they need a center fielder. I'm not 100% sure. But couldn't they use a center fielder? Jackie Bradley Jr. is a perfect player at this moment to fit onto a championship team where you don't need a bat. You can hit him eighth or ninth. He has tremendous fielding ability and you can kind of hide him in the lineup and he'll just, he'll add benefits to your team. He is a championship center fielder. He is not, you know, on an average team or an above average team or below average. He's not, Great for your team. He is 2018 is what Jackie Bradley is. That's that's the best case scenario for Jackie Bradley Jr. Winning a championship playing center field, playing dominant center field, hitting a little bit, but hiding them in such a, a beefed up order that there's 
even if he goes over three with three strikeouts, you can cover that up. Well, look at look at his great offensive year. I mean, that was look at the offense he had around him. Again, baseball is one of the few sports where you can really protect somebody who isn't necessarily as good with other people in the lineup because they have to give them pitches because if you're going to have to throw a fastball down the middle to J.D. Martinez or Jackie Bradley Jr., who would you rather do it to? Right. JBJ, and that benefits JBJ. him. But we mentioned the Red Sox will probably look like a completely different team within the next year or two. Correct. Different sport, but you could probably say the same for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not only did they have a major trade, one that we think they got fleeced on, but they also released one of the faces of the franchise. So which one do you want to start with? Uh, we'll start with it in Jacku. All right, Yannick Njaku, a name that I have begun to pronounce very well. I'm proud of you, uh, by the way. Th- yeah, you know, it's not easy for me. Uh, if, you, if you know my last name, that's saying something because it's like 11 letters and it was a whole ordeal trying to spell it when I was in kindergarten. But anywho, yeah, we thought he was going to get a first-round pick for him. How did the Jaguars not get a first-round pick for Yannick Njaku? Yannick Njaku was traded from the Jaguars to the Minnesota Vikings for a second-round pick and a conditional fifth-round pick, which just means based on certain factors, how he plays, the, the draft pick can potentially get better than a fifth. But I, I don't, I don't like. How did he not get a one for this guy? He's a stud in his prime. They were trading from a position of weakness. Yeah, is what they were doing. That's got to be it. It's not talent. No. And Jaku, I don't care where he was drafted. Was he drafted in the fourth round, I believe? Uh, third, or, third, or third or fourth round. round. Very quickly shook that. And every time he stepped on the field, he's been he's been a factor. Seemingly, every play he's been a part of. The Jaguars knew he didn't want to stay there. I guess they tried to dance around with an extension. We've been talking about this guy on this show for months now. This is not a newly developing story. He's been going back and forth on Twitter with team ownership. And <laughs> and they're like, oh, we're going to try to make it work. And then they're a couple weeks away from, you know, the season opening. And they're like, oh, we'll ship him to Minnesota. We'll take a guy we could have gotten a first-round pick for. And ship him off for a second and a conditional fifth. Yeah, yeah it really doesn't make sense. In no sense. I, I'm kind of stunned, really. To think that they didn't need to surrender a first-round pick. And and every other team should be kicking themselves that need a pass rush. Yes. This is a lot of teams. This is not specific to any certain team. A lot of teams should be kicking themselves looking at this deal saying, we could have given up a second-round pick, and instead of a conditional fifth, we could have gave a conditional fourth, and that would have pushed the deal further. And also remember, he takes a pay cut. Because instead of signing his franchise tag, he actually took a one-year, $12 million deal. So he, he lost $12 million, probably because he's going to get a contract extension next year. I don't know if they'll have time this year, but next year. And oh, it just, yeah. It just makes so much sense for Minnesota, especially with – I think we talked about, this, talked about this before. They revamped their entire – uh, corner cornerback core. They still have their two excellent safeties, excellent linebackers, especially Anthony Barr. They made some changes on the defensive line, and obviously we know 
we know the offense, what the offense is. It runs through Dalvin Cook. And hopefully, in, for them, hopefully in spite of Kirk Cousins' lack of, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Consistency. Accuracy, consistency. All, all of the above. Yeah. Um, I think this just puts less pressure on those corners to play up to their ability right away. And it puts Anthony Barr on a level to play up to his contract that he got, that he stiff-armed the Jets and went back to Minnesota for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was bad for him, but as a Patriots fan, it made me chuckle. So, sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Jets fans. You, you'd laugh at us if it happened to us, too. So. And, and I'll put it out here. If they don't give him a contract extension before the season starts, okay, and they go strictly on what he performs this year, this is the opposite of what um, the Texans did when they traded. They done. They traded for Larry Laramie Tunsil. I, I, it's exactly what the the Seahawks did with with trading for Jadavian Clowney. You didn't trade a first round pick, so you're not beholding to give them that contract extension because it's weighted with that first round pick. If you understand what I mean. Yeah, but didn't Tunsil Tunsil was for Tunsil, two? Yeah, right. I'm saying. The, the Texans were almost beholding if even if he didn't perform. Oh, job, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Which okay. he didn't really didn't perform to the level that they expected. Yeah, he had I some injury. Think. No, he had some injury issues too. But they're they're kind of beholding to give him that extension, whereas the Seattle Seahawks haven't been. And Jadavian, is he still not a free agent? No, he still is. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like we said with uh, the Rams when they acquired Jalen Ramsey from the Sam Jaguars team. They had two first round picks. They had to send out there for him. There's no way you can give up that kind of draft capital and not sign him to an extension. There's just no way. So you've you've put that. You've you've you forced your organization into having to deal with somebody who wants to be the highest paid at their position ever. Now going into going into that contract, by the way, you have no idea what the salary cap will be next season. Right. <laughs> it's it's like ah man, uh, it, it is not an advantageous position. It, it's what Seattle is going to have to deal with this coming off season because they'll have Jamal Adams. They they gave up a a, a significant amount. I think it was worth it. I think it's a balanced, fair deal. I but think still, so, yeah. But still, tag with that first-round pick, you're almost beholding to get that extension in the hands of that player because of such the, a weighted value on a first-round pick. Yeah. Well, in, 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 the, in the NFL exclusively, is just insane. What was the bigger head scratcher? Trading Njaku and not getting a first, or just straight up releasing Leonard Fournette after he seemed to have a bounce back year last year? I think it was Leonard Fournette release because I didn't see it coming. Yeah, I didn't either. I saw I wouldn't have surprised me if before last offseason. Right. Oh, uh, excuse me, last offseason before the season started, if they had, because they're having some issues. They had I think probably essentially already threatened to release him, which is why they cancel out the guarantees in his contract. They found some loophole there. Essentially telling him, you got to behave. You got to stop this crap. He was. Go back and, and look at Leonard Fournette's 2018. It was not his brightest moment, not only on the field, 
of play, but some real attitude issues. I, I guess he had trouble with weight. I'm not throwing stones there. I know what that's like. But I guess he had some issues keeping his weight down. And he comes back last year and seems to have a bounce back here in almost like his rookie season. Yeah. And looked really good. Looked like he got everything, you know, everything was on the up and up. They were good. They were going forward with Leonard Fournette. I didn't hear any whispers of anything about like this. Him the getting only... released or traded or anything in the offseason. And then, lo and behold, they just up and straight up release him. I think the only thing you could say is he was very uh, aggressive with his campaign for Cam Newton to go to Jackson. That's about it. And, and I don't even think that that's really that bad. I mean, no. I, underst- I understand Nick Foles was still on the team at that point, I think. And obviously Gardner Minshew is supposedly the starting quarterback. But it just. Well, Minshew has, he has to be now. Oh, he's, he's it. Like, absolutely. He's it. Um, so really the question is, Chris, where does he go? I was just I was make a joke and say, "Wow, if he really wants to go be with Cam that bad." Um, see, <sighs> see, as a Patriot fan, I would hope not because I want to see what Damian Harris does. Yeah, I'm actually pretty excited about the the, the change ups they can have in their backfield this year. They have a couple different guys I think can contribute in different ways, and it'll be exciting. It'll be fun to watch. Um, ah, oh, you put me on a the spot there with Fournette. If I had to pick us, oh, man, I don't know. Uh, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling through the teams right now, and it's good place for him. It's uh, not really looking good, man. No. Um. I seen I, one. I seen one. Houston. Maybe, yeah, it was Houston, and then I was looking at a, a, another team just popped up, and I don't know their running back situation on a fan. Um. Miami, but does Brian Flores yeah. want to deal with that? That would I be mean, the it, it. It depends. I mean, it depends. I mean, let's not forget. I mean, Fournette might have been acting like a jerk a few years ago, but he was what 22, 23. He's a kid coming in the league, Mister Big Shot, making good money. I mean, it gets to people's heads sometimes. It I may not. It may, it may not be a constant character issue. It may. It may be. I don't know the guy, but. I think with his talent and potential, if, especially if you're not going to have to pay a ton of money for him, because Fournette's got to realize he's not getting top dollar now this close to the season. Because teams are going to look at that and go, "Well, they probably released him because of an attitude problem." We have, we know, we we know on the history that the past history that's on the record. Never mind the off the record stuff. Yeah, Leonard, we'll we'll bring you in, but you're not getting ten, twelve million. You might get like a three or four, you know, million dollar deal, one year deal with incentives, but any any kind of behavioral issues and you're out the door. I have Ooh. to scratch Miami off the list. <sighs> I didn't I didn't realize they had uh Jordan Howard and Matt Burita. So I don't I don't think that's gonna Yeah, work. but I don't think either one of those guys is gonna be a standout number one. No, but they also have a couple other guys that they're uh younger uh so I don't know. It seems like they have a nice mix of, of youth and experience that it really just looks like Houston and the possibility if 
and he wouldn't he wouldn't like it, but the possibility of pairing him with Devin Singletary in Buffalo could give that offense an extra boost. It just depends if he wants to go to a place that has a starting running back pretty much planted in place, which would not give him which would not uh, really afford him the opportunity to go out and get that big contract after a big season. It really just looks like the Houston Texans, unless someone gets snake bitten with the injury bug in the next few days, I don't really see it happening. Maybe look at Seattle if they oh, have the dude, financial perfect spot. It would be if he, if he's down for a uh, part time role. No, I got the perfect spot for him already. What's San up? Diego. You're not taking Austin Eckler as a every down. I don't think it's a size for it. I don't think so either. I, the, Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler is, and, and they, as well they should have. He's a great, he's a great multi-purpose back. Right. You can line him up thirty snaps a game, no problem. You can't have him run twenty, twenty-five snaps a game. He doesn't have the size. He's had some injury issues with that in the past. You give you give him like the uh, you know I we always got to go back to the Patriots. Those are the teams. That's the team well, we have the best. Uh, well, here's a, here's your team. You're Kev, your Kevin Falk kind of player. Well, here's your team, Chris. You're your Alvin Kamara with Mark Ingram. Their their final season, right? Which gave Mark Ingram the opportunity to go out and get a very very nice contract. And unfortunately, Alvin Kamara is still looking for his. That'd be that'd be a perfect scenario right there. He has to agree to it. Is the problem? Uh you could go Washington. They don't have a no, no, number one for sure. If he want, I mean, if he's look, if he wants to play and no one else is offering, could be Washington. Um, that's a, I think that's about it, man. You could go Tampa Bay, maybe. I think they have all the pieces that they want, though. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to say if, if you're if you're asking me right now, you're telling me I gotta give you a, a, a you know I have to give you somebody. Yeah. I'd say Chargers, Texans, and who's the other one I mentioned? Uh, Chargers, Texans. Yeah, I think that's it. If I had to lean, Red, uh, yeah, Washington. I almost I almost said the old name. I old that. I'd have to lean. If I have to lean, it's gonna lean. I'm gonna lean towards the Texans. And a secondary possibility of the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I, I yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, yeah, I'm gonna say, I would have to say, if I had to pick somewhere where Leonard Fournette would play in 2020, it would be the Chargers as the Thunder to Austin Eckler's Lightning. Yep. Or I could see him if he was desperate, saying Washington giving him anything to come in and say okay we don't have a primary back you can compete for the job which more than likely Fournette would get right and we'll take it from there would be a nice kind of transition for a year he comes out kills it has no behavioral issues he can go as a free agent next year and get a nice contract somewhere else or there if he's happy there who knows speaking of contracts Got some big ones. Some new players got some big new deals. Yes, sir. Taylor Deckard got four and sixty extension. Oof. Wow. 
for Excellent. a left for a tackle, a left tackle. Left tackle, fourth highest paid left tackle right now. Hey, I'm not. Phew, I mean, <laughs> I remember ten years ago that was a big contract for a quarterback, but now we got left tackles getting that kind of money, and it's like, oh man, what's the occasion? Nope, just a Tuesday. Yep. <laughs> okay. Just felt like it. Okay. No, no knock on Taylor Decker. Good for him, man. Get your money. Awesome. Good for you. Just kind of surprising to see those numbers, you know. Yeah, and and then especially when you when you on the beginning part of the day, I think it was the beginning part of today, or was it yesterday, that Joe Mixon got his extension. Yeah, Joe Mixon four for forty eight. And that's crazy because he has one could argue he has more impact on the offense yet he got less. Not only less, Taylor Decker got $42 million in guaranteed money. Joe Mixon got 19.3. Well, where's Taylor Decker play? Taylor Decker plays a left tackle. Yeah, where though? What team? Oh, Detroit. There you go. Uh, yeah, I don't... Uh, they, they had to do that because they have a quarterback in Matt Stafford who's had injury problems. Hasn't missed a better part of the last two seasons. Their running backs keep getting hurt. Like if they got a guy that can <laughs> help prevent any of that, you can't let him walk away. You got, even if you got to overpay him to stay. Not that he was a free agent, but you know they wanted to make sure they kept their big guy happy so he can protect their bigger contracts. <laughs> I mean, it. I stand by what I said earlier. Uh, God, how long ago was it now? A few months ago now, we'd picked our worst sports organizations. Right. You picked the Philadelphia 76ers. I picked the Detroit Lions because they simply, I mean, you could have a blind chimpanzee throwing darts at a dartboard who could probably draft better than the Detroit Lions have the past 20 to 25 years. That is a fair, fair statement. And also a pretty amusing visual, so I'll give you a few seconds to think about that. It's funny you should mention that, Chris, because I know you don't, you're not a big radio guy, but it's funny because um, the afternoon show on 98.5, actually during draft time, will take a big whiteboard, right? And they'll take a magazine. They just pick a random magazine for a draft magazine. Right. They'll open it up to whatever position they're picking that day, and they'll throw markers at the magazine, and whatever the marker hits that's their their call on who's going to be picked in what round that's ridiculous. Surprising, the surprising thing for the obviously for the new england patriots the surprising thing is every year except for one year they get at least one player off their throws that is selected by the new england patriots it is insane and it actually i don't, I don't know how to transition from that well, it invalidates your point, <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, there's really no translate. Uh, there's no, no yeah, translation. Yeah, nothing here. I was on a roll. I got nothing. The only thing I'll have to say is Alvin Kamara is holy now. Yeah, he's you know speaking of these big contracts, Alvin Kamara would would like to see his name on a brand new one, a nice big shiny brand new contract for the New Orleans Saints. He's missed. Practice the last three days. It was revealed that it was not an excused absence. It was believed to be contract related. Right. Uh, they, the Saints, apparently have said they are not opposed to trading him. 
Whether that's some kind of play with Kamara, hey, we'll ship you out of here if you don't play ball with us, or it's the reality of it, who knows. Um, but he appears to want a new contract. He is denied. He's denied that he asked for to be traded. He requested to be traded. He said he you know did not do that. You know what that means. Right? That means not only has he requested a trade, the team and him have already discussed it, and the team has probably already received some offers. Whether they'll do it or not, who knows. But like I said earlier, never, ever, ever when it comes to sports take anything at face value when it comes to contract talk. There's so much on the line financially, draft pick-wise. Any little bit of leverage anybody can give up can cost you, can cost a team, can cost a player. Never believe what you hear. If they said, if he said, if it came out that he was going to be traded or he wanted to be traded or they were willing to trade him, and then he just comes out on his own and says, I didn't ask to be traded. Dude definitely asked to be traded. Right. But they're trying to keep that elevated position that they are not trying to trade him and he doesn't want to be traded so that if the Saints are actually going to trade him, they can maximize the value. Sure, that's point. that's smart. That's smart. Like you, you trade him first off. You trade him. Um, I don't know what your future is going to be, New Orleans, because Leonard Fournette, <laughs> Drew, in your your future is going to be uh, Taysom yeah, Hill, Le, Le, Leonard Fournette, Taysom Hill, J, Jameis Winston, and unfortunately the rest of Michael Thomas's career, which will be absolutely wasted if they don't get an actual starting quarterback in. And uh, I'd be concerned. I'd be concerned if I was a Saints fan to watch Alvin Kamara walk out the door because at least he keeps your defense honest. Not only your your run defense, but the fact that he is so versatile. You kind of have to stay in your position, whether you're playing zone or man, because Alvin Kamara could just turn the corner on you and he's gone. And norm- normally I would say in this situation, if a player was, and he says he didn't he request a trade. I know we, everything we just said, we really don't know whether he did or we didn't. A lot of what we just said is in jest because how many times you see it? I didn't ask to be traded. Then the guy's dealt two days later. I sometimes can make the argument for a, a player where we can, we can, we can get rid of this guy. We can try to move him. If we can get a first or a set, couple of second-round picks for him because he's incredibly talented. I mean, we're, we're studying for our fantasy draft this weekend, and you look at Kamara, and he's top 10 easily. First-round pick in just about every draft you're seeing, usually top five or six pick. This guy is, when he's on his game, he is as versatile and dynamic as you can possibly find anywhere. But you got to let it creep in your head a little bit. Last year. Last year he wasn't great. Last year was his first year without Mark Ingram. He had Latavius Murray, but they didn't have that Ingram, Kamara, Thunder, and Lightning connection. And it was kind of like kind of like Juju Smith-Schuster didn't have anybody to take the heat off him. He was the primary guy. You right. kind of saw him not shine as brightly as he had the pr- previous few years. So it's just... I know everything I just said, but if I'm the Saints, I still don't trade him. I don't think you can, like you just said. You you can't have you can't have a future of <laughs> Jameis Winston, Latavius Murray, 
whoever the hell else you bring in to take over Kamara, whether that be Fournette or not, I have no idea. I mean, you're you're essentially paying Michael Thomas to be the face of the franchise and be four and twelve every year. Like, I mean, he'll, you, you he'll, can't do it. He'll definitely check that box that he thinks he's going to check, where he can get more catches than he did last year. Sure, because it'll be the only record. only offensive option. Right, because he he's very confident that he can you know beat double coverage, beat single coverage every time. That's that's great. You can have your 160, 165, 170 catches in one season. But if you're only getting 1,000 yards, 1,100 yards, and six touchdowns, you're not really impacting the game like you think you are. And that's not going to bode well for his career or anybody else's career on that offense, for that matter, if you decide Alvin Kamara needs to be traded. And we know my history. I am all for building the team through the draft, building the team through picks, getting what you can when you can. This is one of those exceptions where you say, we need to roll the dice on this guy yeah. now. Right. Because if we, if, we do, if we don't do what the Titans did and kind of get that contract in a nice, neat spot so we can maximize it, instead of waiting that extra year because they could have the titans could have waited and we discussed this a few episodes ago after the um uh extension for derrick henry that one year can make the difference in a contract being worth or not worth it absolutely and especially with his speed his his usefulness as an interior running back. Let me specify that interior running back will diminish over time, but his exceptional catching ability and route running ability will last longer and make him more viable for years to come. Oh, absolutely. This is, they need to resign him. Like I was just saying about the whole, you know, he had a down year last year. The team can say maybe we can move on. They can't move on. Because anything there, anything they'd reasonably get for Alvin Kamara, would not be worth what he could potentially bring to your team this year, and help there in the transition if he's still there once Drew Brees is gone. You know, you have an Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas core of the offense. You can really build around that, especially if you have a competent quarterback. Uh, so, I, I don't think they move him. I would hope for their sake they don't move him. I don't think that makes any sense. I, I I would not be surprised. I'm not really making a prediction here. I'm just saying I would not be surprised if you hear a lot of back and forth over the next few days. And then it comes out by the weekend, especially with Joe Mixon getting his new contract. That Alvin Kamara got a new contract. That's probably, I don't know, somewhere in a range of four for 50, four for 55. Some around there with a obviously a very heavy guarantee. It's it's not too off base, I don't think. And that's pretty need, reasonable for the market too. Yeah, they need to be aggressive. Um, I just don't know. It doesn't really make sense to to hold his feet to the fire over a few million dollars, especially no. when I understand the financial position they're in. We we went over this previously on on actually i think two episodes about their financial issues going into next year without a COVID effect 
because Drew Brees and his, you know, guaranteed money being kicked down the uh, line, for, you know, so to speak. But you have to, you're going to have to figure it out and you got to make it work. You signed Michael Thomas that contract extension. You've signed multiple players to, to contract extensions. You've let players go, go and not sign them. You're going to need to figure this out. You have, I believe Jameis is under a two-year contract, correct? Yes. So you have him under a two-year contract. You, I, In my opinion, you've wasted money on Taysom Hill again. So you need to, you need to figure it out because otherwise, Sean Payton, if you can't find a replacement in the draft, and it's not that easy to, to find an Alvin Kamara replacement, unless in seven – in seven draft picks in seven rounds, he picks seven running backs. That'd be the only way you can increase your odds. Yeah, I'd even add Alvin Kamara when he's healthy. And we've even heard reports that he was not 100% last year. Which, you know, after guys are down here, is not, it's not really shocking to have reports come out. They weren't 100%. I would tend to believe it because Kamara looked like a completely different player last year. He had missed moments where he... You know, still looked elusive and everything, but he didn't look at the guy you saw the first two seasons. I would tend to believe he was hurt, and that was kind of an anomaly. The real Alvin Kamara is the guy we saw the first two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if the Kansas City Chiefs have proved anything this offseason, it's that you can have $12 in cap space and essentially sign a billion dollars of the contracts. So the Saints, can make, the Saints can make this work. You can fudge the numbers. You can move things. I don't mean, you know, I don't mean, you know, it's this dishonest. I mean, legitimately, there's, there's legitimately fudge. legitimately ways you can fudge him around and make him work. Sign this guy to a contract extension. Don't BS with it. He needs to be there. He's only going into his fourth season. He's a stud. Top tier player. And you could have 50 rounds in the draft and draft 50 different running backs. And there is no guarantee you would get anybody close to the caliber or the just playmaker ability of an Alvin Kamara, you, you you can't like there. There's intangibles that some guys just have, and Alvin Kamara is one of those guys that has it. Yeah, I I don't I don't see anybody coming out in this draft, and not this is preliminary, and obviously we don't have we don't have a good chunk of the college football season that's going to happen until later in this. Um, Early early spring or late fall, uh, winter, but outside of someone like J.K. Dobbins, but even then he doesn't have that accelerator. He, he just he just doesn't. Kamara is special. Exactly, he's he's on a special level, and when he's fully healthy, he is special, and that's what you need to invest in, especially like I said. His route running and his hands in the in the receiving game are going to elongate his career. So any contract extension you give him will be worth it as long as you're creative enough and Sean Payton is creative enough offensively to make it work for your team. My opinion, we're talking all things being equal, you know, across the board here. If these guys are 100%, and you know they're 100% healthy, it goes, for me, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara. 
just on because those three guys can not only run the ball, they can catch like wide receivers, and they can move like wide receivers once they get the ball in open space. Not taking anything away from guys like Ezekiel Elliott or Joe Mixon, who just you know the guy who just signed a big contract, or uh, Dalvin Cook, but they're not the receivers, or at least they haven't proven to be the receivers as those three guys. So the Saints have somebody really, really, really special on their hands. And you would just hate, for the sake of Saints fans out there and for the sake of just seeing good players able to stay with good teams, you would hate to see something cause this to get ugly and have Kamara move on for really no reason. They can afford him. They can make it work. They can sign him. But anything else, sir? Want to get out of here? No, I'm good, man. All right. We thank you very much for tuning in to this week's episode. Episode 93, I believe we're on, right? Yeah. So we did one a week and I lost count. Okay, episode 93. On our new date, same time, released at the same time at least, whatever time you're listening to it, that's your business. We appreciate you listening nonetheless. And if you have any questions, comments, reactions to anything you heard on this episode or any other episode for that matter, or... Anywhere in the world of sports. Ben and I would love to hear from you. And Ben, where can they get in touch with us? So you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS pod, Facebook, Ben and Chris talk sports or the website, bctspod.com. And if you could do Ben and I a favor, we know you guys have been doing that based on the downloads. You've been spreading the word. Just continue to do that. Tell a friend, tell anybody, coworker, you can scream it out in traffic if you want. Wouldn't really recommend it. Might not turn out so well. But you can if you want. It's your prerogative. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next Wednesday morning. Thank you.